My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want to help my friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me feeling very lonely. How can I best support students in my classroom? My uncle abused me. The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is the morning meeting. Hello, I'm Mandy Zucker, host of The Morning Meeting. Today on the show, I am interviewing my good friend, Cynthia Whipple. Cynthia was in law school when both of her parents died within six weeks of each other. She was always searching for someone who had been in her shoes and ended up leading a successful life. Now married with three adult children of her own, she has decided to be that person for others, mentoring young adults through difficult challenges in life. She's a board member of Empower Her Girls and co-founded The Conversation, Stories That Matter, Mother Loss with Cara Belvin and Hope Edelman. Today, we are going to talk about how to support other young adults through incredible losses. So Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on the morning meeting. I'm really glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, we've been talking for a long time. Excited to have you here today. A lot of what we've talked about has been you know, what the experience of law as a young adult looked like for you and, you know, how that sort of shaped your work, your personal life. And I thought it would be a really good conversation for us to have today. So do you want to just share a little bit about your story and what brings you to this kind of work? Sure. Yeah. I was 24 years old and um, I grew up in New Jersey. I was in my last year of law school and within six weeks, I lost both of my parents. So I didn't know anybody, you know, in the late in the late 1980s, early 90s, that lost one parent, let alone two. So it was sort of uncharted territory. And um, I always searched and searched for a community of people who lost or, or people actually who were older than me who had lost and went on to live nice, vibrant lives. So I always knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something with this in, in the grief space, specifically, though, with 20-year-olds, because it was so dear to my heart. You know, it's so interesting how... I keep saying this lately, like maybe because I have kids that age that I'm so surprised how you turn 18 and it's like these services just disappear, you know, like there's all of this support, you know, grief support as well as other things, right, that you get in as a child and then you turn 18 and overnight all of a sudden those things end and grief support is often one of those things. So there's support available for young kids and then it kind of disappears. Maybe it exists again when you get older, but there's not a lot out there for young people. I wonder, were you able to find any support, anything? Um, I really wasn't. I had a wonderful therapist. Um, and then, you know, 25 years later, uh, I found, you know, a, a group um, and empower her um, for to support them. But still, I what I realized in my research was that there were so many groups doing beautiful work around the country. But like you said, at 18, they stopped. Um, and so I think there's this misconception that people in their 20s are adults, full-fledged adults and have all the life experience to make the decisions. And I feel like that's what people thought of me too. Mm -hmm. And that's really not true at all. So can you, I mean, I'm just thinking again about my own children who are, you know, very responsible young adults. And yet the idea that they, you know, wouldn't have, you know, one, let alone two parents that can help them navigate through the world 
seems unfathomable to me. What kinds of things did you feel like all of a sudden, you know, you had to contend with? I mean, I don't know if you have siblings, but like both of your parents died. Like, did they own a home? Were you responsible for like finances? And like, how did you manage all of that? Yeah. I mean, I do have, I have twin brother and sister who are two years younger than me that we are inseparable. And I thank God for that every day, but yeah, I mean, we just for some context, you know, I started the summer of before my third year of law school, I had this great job. I loved practicing law in September. My mother died in October. My father died. So it was everything that we did was out of sequence. The thing that really jumped out at me was when all of my friends were moving into apartments that you would be doing at that age. And I was moving out of my family home, my, you know, four bedroom suburban home, packing boxes. It was, it was unfathomable. And I, like you said, I have, I have kids in their twenties now. And so I love watching them make normal decisions that you should be making at 20, you know, like, where are they going to go for dinner? What are they going to do for their career? Not, you know, how to probate a will. It's just not something that you should ever be doing at 20 in your twenties. So did you have people in your life, like probate a will? Like, what does that even mean to a 24 year old? Like, who even told you that you need to do those things? Did you have like a mentor or someone that was guiding you? We really had no one. We had um, we had one cousin who was amazing. Um, and I had incredible friends from college who were like my family, but they were 23. What did they know? I mean, I guess luckily I was in my last year of law school. So I sort of remembered how to do these things. But no, I mean, we... I mean, I would say we were like thrown to the battlefield with no armor. I mean, we really had nothing. And I don't know how we did it. We did. I think we did it because we wanted to honor our parents. Like we knew how hard they worked and we couldn't imagine not going on. And that was really it. I mean, that was really it to honor all of their beautiful work. You know, your gift to them to continue to be able to be successful felt like you were honoring them. Right, exactly. Short of that, I'm not really sure how we did it. I mean, it really does feel like, you know, I know I was 29 when my dad died, but my mom was, you know, and is thankfully still alive. So I didn't have to deal with a lot of that. And I wouldn't have known how, you know, and I was a little bit older, but... Yeah, I mean, it is. That's why I guess I've always sheltered or tried to shelter the the students I work with or my own kids. I just feel like I want them to live normal 20 year old Mm -hmm. lives and not do things out of sequence. So how do you think that affected relationships? Like, you know, 24 years old is, you know, a time of huge transitions for so many people, right? I mean, you were in your last year of law school. So you're thinking about jobs and where you're going to live. And, you know, how did that impact the way that you sort of lived through transitions. It's funny because I I know that I knew that I needed to sort of regain my old life in some capacity. I knew that I needed to find love. I needed to hopefully have a family one day. That was like having connections was my motivator. Like I couldn't imagine not having connections because I grew up with amazing parents who were always there. So I could not imagine not having that. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I got very fortunate. I met a wonderful guy and we got married, but it did really inform how I parented. And I will always say that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I loved practicing law, loved it, but you can't really do that in the early nineties without, you know, remote work and be around to watch your kids grow up. It's very challenging. My husband had a very demanding schedule. So he, you know, he wasn't around a lot and I didn't want to miss a moment because honestly, I didn't know that how long I would have. I mean, that seems morbid to some people, but that's the perspective you have when you lose. You just, every day you think is a gift. So, so I stopped practicing law and I stayed home and I started my own little business, but 
you know, there was sacrifice, but I did not want to miss a minute. I, that was so important to me. I can imagine, you know, that feeling of not wanting to miss things because you knew that your parents were missing out watching your own children grow and, and that feeling of when one parent dies and then the next one, just a few weeks later, like what's going to happen next? Did you have this sense of like fear or, you know, anxiety or insecurity that, you know, the next shoe is going to fall? So two things. Yes, I think I always do have that. Um, And I work very, very hard not to impose that on my children. You know, I want them to have a normal. So I work very hard on that. But you do gain incredible perspective, right? So you're 24 years old. And when people are getting upset over you know, something that's so inconsequential to you. It takes, I always say it takes a lot to get me upset because when you've seen the end of the world, not much else matters. So um, as long as everybody's healthy and safe uh, after that, I'm not, I don't really get upset over things. So it gives you a lot of perspective. Um, But yeah, you have a great deal of anxiety because you know, things can change in a moment. You said that it affected the way that you parent. So what does that mean? It means that I am, I've always tried to be 100% pet present for my children. I mean, I don't miss a thing. I mean, I'm, I really don't because I, A, I don't want them to ever feel alone because I know what that feels like. Mm. And so and selfishly, I don't want to miss a moment because I know how much my parents miss. So I'm always there, always, whether it's by text, phone, present, you know, I just want them to always know that there's a safe landing place. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't know if they felt like it was the right amount or too much, but I can <laughs> well, imagine honest, feeling I, that like, no, I always joke with them. I'm like, you know, you have to give me boundaries because I could really, you know, but I really rein myself in. Cause yeah, no, I could be terrible. I could be all <laughs> over it all the time. <laughs> and the other thing that I think, you know, we've talked a lot about, and you've already kind of stated that you didn't really have somebody to help guide you through this, this process, you know, the logistics, as well as the whole emotional roller coaster and the importance of that in your life. I don't know. At what point did you think it would, you know, it would have been nice if I had somebody, you know, had been through this before, or, you know, I know that mentoring has become so important to you. And and how did that sort of come about? I think I was always searching, like, you know, it's kind of the lawyer in me, like I needed some precedent, I need some guidance. And I would always find, try to find people who had been through it. Honestly, I, I couldn't find anybody. Um, but I always wanted someone, I always wanted to have someone that was, had been through it and came out the other end. Okay. That was really important to me. Cause I, I didn't know that that was always going to be the case. You know, there were a lot of struggles. So mentoring became so important to me because I really wanted to be that person for somebody. I wanted somebody to look at me and despite my struggles say, okay, she has a beautiful life despite all that she's been through. So that whether it's the students I work for or the the young woman that I mentor, I mean, that is such a high priority for me. Talk about the mentoring. So, you know, I think sounds like it came from this sense that you wish that you had that. But so what kind of mentoring do you do? And what kind of mentoring do you want to do? Yeah, so um, I, a couple things, I um, mentor a young woman through Empower Her who has had a very similar life as that I had, she lost both her parents. And we have just become such dear friends. And, you know, I learn a lot from her because she deals with things probably much better than I did because she has the resources now um, that I didn't have. And so I just want to show her that, you know, I, it's okay, you will be okay. And I, I think that that's helpful. I also said, Can I just ask a question for sure. people that don't know what is Empower Her? Oh, I'm sorry. So yes, Empower Her is um, a group that started out of Boston. Now it's kind of all over the country and it sets up mentor programs and it's also um, does community activities for girls who have lost their mothers. And so I'm 
so blessed that I'm on the board now. It's just just such a gift to me. But the, it's a funny story the way I met them. I was reading an article in um, a magazine about Empower Her, and I called up the the leader of it, Cara Belvin, and we just hit it off well. And we actually did a big conference, one day conference, HBO on mother loss, and we had with Hope Edelman, who was, I mean incredible human being and Claire Bidwell Smith. So we were so blessed. But what I saw at that conference was that when people got up and talked about their loss, other people felt really empowered and got a lot of inspiration from it. So that meant so much to me. And so I wanted to continue my work and join Empower Her. Beautiful. And, you know, I think fairly common, maybe not you know, specifically that track, but the idea that when people go through something really you know, traumatic, giving back to others when, you know, at some point when you feel like you've been able to, um, you know, to figure out your own life and your own path can be really empowering, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they get the word. Yeah. And especially like you and I speak about all the time, it's, it's those 20 year olds that, I mean, I love helping all of the girls, don't get me wrong, but I just, I have such a spot in my heart for those 20 year olds because I just know how they just look like they have it all together, right? They get up, they go out, they go to school, they have jobs and they're just, they're just learning, Mm -hmm. you know, and they just, they need people in their corner. They need, they need people rooting them on. Yeah. It's such a vulnerable time. You know, there's so many transitions and transitions just bring out our vulnerabilities, right? Where it's, you know, you're graduating, let's say from law school, and you're competing with all these people for jobs, and you're looking for, you know, where am I going to live and relationships are changing. And there's so many sort of bots in your life that are that are different and changing. And that that makes us feel vulnerable. And then when you experience, you know, a really significant loss, on top of that, it really makes us feel vulnerable, like, you know, um, just so exposed and and I can imagine just how scary that can be for, you know, for young people, which is why I think they are particularly, I understand why you have the soft spot as, as do I, but also it can make them particularly, you know, at risk for a whole bunch of issues and, you know, mental health issues, eating disorders and, you know, a whole bunch of things, lots of risky behavior happening because we're just you know, we're acting out our feelings where we're, um, and if we don't have the right kinds of support, sometimes, you know, it can, it can trigger some really scary stuff. I agree. And I always, you know, I tell the students I work with, I tell my own kids, I tell everyone there is, um, you know, being alone and being independent are not synonyms, you know? And so I always believe that I believe that, you know, I always wanted my own kids or students I work with to be independent. I did everything to foster that, but that doesn't mean you have to be alone. And you can still have people in your corner. Yep. And it, and I think the difference there is that, you know, you can share, like you were saying, you know, sharing your story helps us feel connected to one another rather than when you hold on to those things and keep it to yourself. Sometimes we do that because we don't want to burden other people with it. And that's, you know, I don't know if that's noble or well-intentioned, but, but often makes us feel, you know, the griever feel very alone. Right. And I mean, I will say I, I, you know, I was not in my 20s and 30s, probably 40s as talking about it like I am now. I mean, this is just a new thing in the probably last five years, because you're right, when you're in your 20s, and you're out with your friends. And I always used to say I could level a room with this story in five minutes. And you don't want to do that. 
you want to be just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's why community is so important. And that's what, you know, Empower Her does. They go and they, they'll do beach walks and, you know, go shopping and things that just to make you feel like you're just like everybody else. And, you know, I think being with people who are going through similar things, you can go for a beach walk or go bowling or to the movies and have a great time together knowing that you've all been through something together, even if you're not talking about it, I think can be really powerful. Right. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, there's such strength in community. And in your 20s, you're just in so many different places that oftentimes we have sort of, you know, superficial communities, mm-hmm. social media, and, and sometimes we think that's enough. And that's sometimes not really community for people who have lost. No, it's um sometimes it could actually make us feel much more lonely because uh, we're not posting about you know, leveling the room. We're right. we're posting about you know the beach walk, all right. the good things happening. So sometimes social media can be, and especially for you know young people who are very involved in social media, it could be really isolating. I always think it's interesting. We like, especially at work, I always try to find a mentor for someone who's breaking into a career. You know, I want to be an architect. I find an architect for you to talk to. Yet with grief in your twenties, you know, there sometimes we don't do that. We don't pair up people who are in their 40s and 50s who have been through it to to mentor them. And I think that's so important. It is. You know, that just reminded me, like, I remember when I had my kid and I remember like when my first son was born, I'm like, you know, getting wheeled out in the wheelchair with this brand new baby. And I remember having this thought in my head, like, do they realize what they're doing? Like sending this child home with me? I have no idea what to do. And like, I felt like I was like almost stealing him. Like right. if they only knew that I have no idea what I'm right. doing, they would not let this baby come home with right. me. Right. Same but for me. Right. They didn't have, you know, they don't set you up with a mentor and it's like the biggest tra- transition of your life. Um, and what a fabulous, you know, I mean, thankfully I had my mom. So, you know, she was able to sort of tell me like, these are some things that I did and, you know, modeling throughout my life, but what a scary time. And you think about when, you know, somebody in their 20s loses both parents, but even one parent, it changes the course of your life. And there is not frequently a mentor, someone who's been through it, who's kind of, you know, companioning you down that road to to support you and cheer you on and, um, you know, and give you guidance if you need it. Right. I mean, and, and that I have to say, I've learned over the course of you can have such joy from your own children and from your own accomplishments, but that is a pain that never goes away. You know, you're always, I would say you're always searching for your parents in the room. And that's why I always wanted to be present. I never wanted my kids to have to have that feeling. So what would that look like for you now? You know, uh, mentoring, like what kind of a program, if you could just imagine uh, one, what would be the dream um, for, you know, grieving young adults? So, you know, I love my work at Empower Her. I'm so blessed to be part of that. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they, they help, ch- help young adults in their 20s. Um, I would love, you know, if I, if, if I had a magic wand to compare that with my career work, you know, because I feel like the thing that my best therapy in those years was law school and practicing law because it gave me structure. It gave me something to do every day. And so I think that if you can help young people figure out what their passion is or figure out what their career might be, at least that gets them on the ground, puts their feet on the ground and helps them feel somewhat normal. So Mm -hmm. if I could somehow do a mentor program, incorporating career for people who have lost, that's sort of my dream. Uh, that sounds 
Lovely. I'm just starting, you know, uh, this pandemic has changed the course of many of our careers and jobs and things. But so some things for me have been on hold. But this spring, I'm doing my first retreat for young college students. And I keep thinking like, so this first one I'll do and it's just them. And then next year, I am hoping that someone who comes to the retreat this year comes back as sort of that mentor to the to the new people that are just coming on and can talk to them about what it's been like for them over the course of, you know, the past year and and the kinds of things that they've learned and, and just to show them that like, you know, I've gotten through it, you know, I'm still going through it, of course, someone that they can look up to and that you can live a hopefully satisfying and fulfilling, joyful life after loss. I think what you don't know in your twenties is that sadly everyone gets gets tragedy and sad at, sadness at some point in life. The problem is you get it so young that you don't really know how to handle it and you don't know what to do with it. So um, everything, like I said, everything is out of sequence and that's a tough thing to navigate. So that's why I think having a mentor is so important. You were saying before that, you know, that's one of the benefits for you is that, you know, you, people can see like, you know, it wasn't always easy and you had some struggles, but, but that you, you know, have made a life for yourself that you're proud of and that, you know, you feel successful at. Can you talk about some of the struggles that you did have after your parents died? Yeah. I mean, I think I, um, the, the couple, the few that really jump out at me at me are when I had my children. I mean, that was such a great joy for me, but I, that was, I felt so incredibly alone. And the, the big one is when I first, when my oldest son went to college, because he was about that age that, you know, I was, that I had lost and I could not differentiate in my mind between losing and, and leaving. So the fact that he was leaving was almost like someone had died mm-hmm. and I had a very tough time. I mean, so tough. It got easier with my other two. Um, but it's still tough for me because, you know, I, any absence in the house reminds me of what, of that, you know, deafening silence that you have after a loss. It's such a good point because I think, you know, it's not a death, thankfully. Right. And yet the feeling of loss similar and one loss will frequently remind us of previous losses. So, you know, when your kids go to school, go away to school, does remind you of the feelings that you had. It's like it, it all comes right back, you know, or, or even just like, I want to tell my parents that, you know, my first son's going to college and it hits you differently and all over again, that they're not there for you to be able to do that. It's like this re-grieving that happens with every milestone and you know good and bad thing that happens in your own life yeah and I think you know it's interesting I was I thought loss was so linear in my 20s I thought it's going to be x amount of years and then I'll feel better and and you feel better sooner sometimes and then you feel sad again and it's just you can feel sad and um and happy at the same time which didn't really make sense to me until I chart until I started to understand it a little more yeah or you can feel good and then feel guilty that you feel good (laughs) Right. You know, how can I feel right. good when they can't even feel anything? That's right. So yeah, or when you get to be their age. I mean, I passed that a couple of years ago. And that's another really tough pill to swallow, because, you know, you just realize how young they are when you're in your 20s, like 50, that's kind of old. 
But when you get there, it just seems so young and you realize how much they miss. Anything else that you felt like you wanted to make sure people knew about today or? No, I'm just so thankful that you're talking about this. I'm so blessed to be part of Empower Her, these wonderful groups that are out there help helping young adults. And, you know, we need, we sort of need to all come together and do more for the 20 year olds because I, I work with them every day and I just realize they're just so vulnerable and they're just starting out in their life. So the more that they could have someone, you know, cheering them on in their corner, I think the easier their path. So I'm just curious, like if somebody wants to get involved with empower her, how do they do that either as a young person or somebody maybe that wants to be a mentor? Yeah, they could be a mentor. They can go on the website um, and, and be a mentor. Um, or they could, if there is somebody that um, has lost a mother, mm-hmm. you know, they could get, they can sign up and get their own mentor. So it works both ways. And if people want to talk to you about your story, I mean, I know you said it felt like you were the only one at the time. You didn't know anybody else going through it, but there are a lot of people going through it. That's the unfortunate part and the good news and the bad news, I guess. There are other people just like you. Um, you just didn't know them. Um, But if there are people listening right now who feel like that's me and I don't know anyone and they'd like to talk to you, how can they find you? Oh, they can find me. I mean, they can find me on LinkedIn, Cynthia Whipple, or um, I can, you know, give you my email. We could put in the, in the The show show notes or something. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, I've written on this topic. I, you know, it's my dream to do more with the 20 year olds and loss um, because I, I do think we have like my favorite quote, we have an obligation to be the person that we needed. I um, I know we've talked about doing some work together. So hopefully we'll be able to do that too, which will. Um... I, would love, I would love that. I would love that. And I would, I think your retreat is an amazing idea. I would love to help you in any way I can. It was so nice thank to you. see you. It was so nice to see you and thank you. And, you know, good for the work that you're doing. You're doing amazing work. Thank you to Cynthia for coming on the show. Such a great conversation. Next week, I will be speaking with Kimberly Quinn, a professor at Champlain College in Burlington, Vermont. We will be talking about innovative ways to support the mental health of college students on campus. I hope you will join me for that. That's all for today. Good morning to all of you.